Friday, July 29th. Teddy here. Got a ton of stuff to get into today. We're going to start off with the Urban Alchemy Saga. Just a quick recap. Posted the story, Austin, Texas Times on Saturday. It was a slow burn, but by the time it came up for a vote, it was probably the most talked about story in the city. Front page of the Austin Un-American Snakeskin on Wednesday, I think. So even the Austin Chronicle ended up covering it. Mayor Adler, Steve Adler, worst mayor in Texas history. He sounded exhausted just at the thought of even having to compose a complete sentence while sitting upright. He was just slouched over. This is a really bad situation, said Adler. We don't have a really good option and choice because we didn't have time to find one. So this was their first meeting in 45 days. They have one meeting in 75 days. If you have to award a $4 million contract and you're a private business and it turns out the vendor is unethical, untrustworthy, and highly suspicious, you're probably going to work the next day, as in today, Friday, through the weekend, maybe next week. There is a better solution out there. This is the worst solution out there. So... Only one person voted against it, Mackenzie Kelly. Allison Alder cowardly just abstained from voting, saying this is not a situation any one of us wants to be in with our shelter. Their whole thing is, well, we have to choose somebody because that's better than not having anyone run the shelter at all. They said that's the danger and risk of having no provider to operate the Arch come September 30th. And again, this is because they didn't award the contract to Front Steps. Even Front Steps said, we don't recommend an organization like this. And now Front Steps, after saying that, is going to be in charge of sort of training them and handing over the reins. So Austin Public Health Director Adrian Stirrup is the real person who uh, should be taking a lot of heat right now. She was just saying if there was a delay, I wouldn't be able to give you a lot of assurances what might happen by the end of September. So they need to sign the contract with Urban Alchemy by August 15th. The woman in the Pacific Sun. So D. Austin Sanders covered it. Ryan Altulo covered it. The ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox affiliates here in Austin. KVU, KXAN, CBS Austin, and Fox 7 Austin. Not a word about it. It was the most talk thing, talked about subject locally on KLBJ Radio. That and the affordable housing bond. And the funniest thing, I mean, you can't make this up. The affordable housing bond raises your property taxes another 50 bucks. So yeah, affordable housing. Hey, and he spread it out, what, it's six bucks a month? Five bucks a month? It's just hilarious that it's, it's almost like Joe Biden, what do they call it, the Inflation Act, or they're going to do something with the Inflation Act, and it's all giant Democrat spending, including on these ridiculous offshore wind farms, which I just might take a break from everything and write a book about these offshore wind farms, because the more I read about them, the more you realize no one's going to speak for the fish, the shorebirds, coastal birds. Marine birds, marine mammals, sea turtles, bottlenose dolphins, sperm whales, Gulf of Mexico whales. There is a huge list of about 100 um, different species. So speaking of species that should be endangered, Austin City Council is a nightmare. Kathy Tovo, total joke, she's been on City Council for, what, 11 years, over a decade Oh, gee, how has Austin, has Austin gotten better or worse under her reign of, of, of error? So she explained that she really struggled with how to vote. It's in her freaking district, the Arch. So she casually raised the idea of a two-week delay, Tovo, to better vet Urban Alchemy and identify other possible operators. 
But uh, turns out Urban Alchemy was the only applicant in another questionable decision. Um, the Southbridge shelter contract was awarded to an organization that goes by the acronym AAUL, which it doesn't appear that D minus has um, told us what AAUL. They probably doesn't stand for anything. Probably that's just their name. Knowing these shady ass companies, so. AAUL, they've been engaged with the homeless response system, but they have zero responsibility running a shelter. So, of course, come October 1st, the day after Urban Alchemy takes over the Arch, AAUL takes over Southbridge, their their first experience managing the shelter. So, Urban Alchemy gets $4.1 million, AAUL gets $4.2 million. The woman who wrote the article for the Pacific Sun about the 10 allegations from homeless campers about sexually exploiting the female campers, bringing meth to sell and use and give to the campers, she said she sat there watching the city council meeting with her with her jaw open a number of times. She just could not believe that, in her words, Austin city staff couldn't use Google because it's literally all the articles. I think there's three or four papers I cited. It's one. I use DuckDuck. I don't use Google for searches as my default. It's one search away. I don't. E- I didn't even have to go to the second page of results for the search term urban alchemy criticism. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard. You had Adam Lowy, the lawyer uh, here in Austin, pretty famous lawyer, the mayor of Austin, Twitter, as Brad Sway likes to call him, with a couple viral tweets, rush decisions on $4 million contracts with shady organizations always turns out well. Again, the statesman copied a lot of the reporting that I did as far as, uh, without citing me, of course. Did drugs on the job, sexually exploited homeless women, six lawsuits since it was founded in 2018. So Adler said the process was way too quick. This is a really bad situation. We don't have a really good option because we don't have enough time to develop one. Again, one meeting in 75 days. This is their first meeting, I think, in 46 days. No sense of urgency. Again, it's July 29th. So they have two two weeks, 16 days to just sign the contract. And then the keys get handed over to the Arch on September 30th. So they have 60 days. You're telling me they couldn't work today or through the weekend? I mean, these people want to spend $500 million from the affordable rescue plan or whatever Biden called it that was supposed to go to help local businesses and get the economy going. Nope, it's all going to the homeless. Local money, state money, federal money. They say they care so much, and then they're like, whoops, we ran out of time. So I think the relationship with Front Steps all of a sudden just magically... Uh, broke off. It was a gradual deterioration of their organization from people a lot closer. I, some, one of the reporters I read around here, maybe it was Demonis, said that there were signs just from any outside observer that Front Steps was a troubled organization. So they knew it was coming and they had all summer long. And if they wanted to show any sort of sense of urgency for the homeless, you figured job 1A would be getting a first-class organization. They want Austin to be a first-class city. Let's get a first-class organization with people who went to college and training for social work. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but at least um, we know they've had some sort of training. Let's get background checks ran. This company classifies as a charity that hires a 1,000 convicted felons if I didn't say it on the podcast before, I'm all for giving convicted felons a second chance. But how about letting them coach basketball or cook in the kitchen or do anything? Because even in a very optimistic um, projection, let's just say 75% of them, after committing violent, serious crimes and being convicted in a court of law and sentenced to decades in prison, that they've emerged from... You know, not solitary, from being locked in a cage, 
just totally at peace with the world and ready to, to rehabilitate their, their evil ways. Let's say 75% of them are on the straight and narrow. You, the 25%, name one other demographic in the world where 25%, one out of four, in a most optimistic scenario, projection scenario, would be praying and be like evil people to have in charge of the most vulnerable people in the in the population, people who are on drugs, people who don't have resources, don't have family members. They might be interested in making money through sexual exploitation. So even if 75% of them are great, I mean, you're talking about a demographic that has 25% of potentially the worst people in society. So just imagine, heaven forbid, if you have a cousin, a nephew, a family member, heaven forbid, a close family member that goes on the wrong path and they get addicted to pills after they break their ankle at work and uh, next thing you know, they're living in a tent and stealing stuff for for their next fix. Do you want Urban Alchemy with one out of four of them? Probably like, you know, who knows how many of them sell drugs on the job. That's why this woman at the Pacific Sun, she wrote the article, did the research. She was horrified. You have people in Venice Beach like... Like, the Venice Beach, you know, the equivalent of Teddy Roosevelt, like, don't do it, Austin, don't do it. And there's articles. People are flabbergasted here. Speechless. You know, the next meeting's not until the end of August. Then they have two in September, one in October. So they have three meetings from now until October 11th. And what they should do, the first thing they need to do is get a black magic marker at the end of these and say or at the beginning of each of these meetings and go, everyone has to cross off 10 meaningless things and then we'll debate. We'll see what what has the least impact and we'll try and eliminate 10 things. Building three walls, what, it was 193 items? That would have brought it to 190. Painting three walls. I think that project can be held off for a little bit. 300,000 bucks. I mean, you could have used that money for a quick, in-depth rush you know, there's consulting firms out there. They they just spent 80000 bucks to hire, like, a couple homeless consultants for under a year. They're making, like, forty five each. What are they doing this weekend? I mean, it's, it's these people, Adler, just look at them talk. Look at them breathe. You know what it is? 28 months of double masking, sitting inside, working from home, avoiding the sun, Saying vitamin D is it's not worth it to take vitamin D. Ivermectin's horse paste. So, you know, I I I don't even Austin's just that. That's the first thing I've done on Austin, and uh, let's keep in mind that it was last May that they released they they lost Prop B. They released a fourteen page PDF. With 48 homeless sites, then there's outrage from anyone who lived there, and they've narrowed it down to two. There's outrage from the people who live near the two. They kicked. They they just stopped talking about it. That was a year ago. So they. I mean, there's a 14 page PDF that I linked to on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Teddy Roosevelt. You can see the very top tweet. If you're curious about this whole thing, pinned to my profile page is this Urban Alchemy story. And I'm just about sick of it, but I guarantee it. Let me just predict. Do you think crime is going to go up or down in and around the arch after Urban Alchemy takes over the convicted felons? Did I mention their policy is you can do all the drugs you want, smoke, snort, inject? There's no judgment. There's no taking your drugs. There's no curfew for drug taking. There's no curfew whatsoever. So what do you think is going to happen? Um, is drug dealing going to go up or down around the arch if you're allowed to do drugs in a chain-linked fence, you know, a, a open-air drug den? I don't think it's open-air, closed-air. But it's just an open drug den that anyone homeless can go in there and there's free needles. Who thinks that this is a good idea? I mean, 
you know what when you hear an addict who's got reformed and that's this is their whole that's how urban alchemy reverse engineered this as a deflection for criticism because a lot of times addicts say they had to hit rock bottom and that rock bottom involves getting arrested being incarcerated and just getting put in a cage for being for just being bad usually you're on drugs you're doing bad stuff and that's when they have time to really reflect on what they did, do some self-reflection, and become a reformed individual. So right now, there's nothing. There's no discussion of a drug rehabilitation. There's no discussion of personal responsibility of a work program. It is legalized. It's like Vancouver, Canada, where they have three overdoses a day. It'll be like San Francisco, California, where they had double the overdoses, twice as many overdoses as COVID. And it's just total mayhem. And no one is leaving a city. Uh, more more people per capita than San Francisco. Go listen to Brad Swale, the Austin City Councilman, his interview with Jenny Chan from San Francisco. Former, you know, Democrat who just is sick. You know, a lot of the people in San Francisco, they don't even, they're, they're just independent because it's too painful them to, for them to identify as Republican, but they can't keep voting for the same thing. So keep it, speaking of uh, California Democrats, how about this segue for you? I have a link on my Twitter. Liz Cheney from Wyoming, the biatch with, uh, uh, at the January 6th uh, hearing, her biggest donors are California Democrats 1,100 people from California have donated 1.2 million. Meanwhile, Wyoming, only 200 people have voted to a quarter million dollars, 250,000 bucks. So five times the money and five times the people. Granted, Wyoming is only 300,000 people. I just thought it was sort of hilarious. So, yeah, it, it is shocking the number of people in San Francisco and L.A. who are shocked flabbergasted confused and 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 just wondering what the hell's going on with us hiring urban alchemy and they're them expanding their franchise so the funniest thing is there's a local paper here communityimpact.com it's like a franchise they're like in 200 different cities across the the country they actually do a decent job they do better than uh cbs austin kview Fox 7 Austin, their website's better, that's for sure. They asked uh, the Urban Alchemy CEO, Lena, Mil- Lena Miller, who's been working with the mayor of San Francisco, London Breed, for, oh, 25 years. She goes, Our experience man- man- managing shelters are more likened to a day spa rather than the traditional institutionalized shelter places like the Arch. A day spa? Are you kidding me? You know what? Uh, they run three tent shelter sites where the tents are on elevated platforms in front of City Hall with a chain link fence around them. That's a day spa. They did run a hotel during COVID and that turned into a disaster. Everywhere they put up the hotel, do the research, the homeless hotel, it was overdose, ambulances coming for overdose deaths because they were not only allowed to do drugs, they were supplied with beer and marijuana. And drugs, so they couldn't, they, they didn't have to go outside and spread COVID around. So the city literally bought them <clears throat> whatever they wanted. It is absolute clown world. So I think I'm going to take a break from Austin stuff here on the podcast. Um, I do have some Texas stuff with the with the wind farms. So what do we want to go into next? Um, the Pelosi trip. Have you seen this? I mentioned... Uh, on yesterday's show, Wednesday's show, GlobalTimes.ClownNancy. So the guy, their main, uh, their main guy's like, oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Wasn't Donkey Kong a Chinese or Japanese? So she's supposed to go and visit like Japan and a couple Asian countries, Singapore. Oh, well, it just happens to be the 95, 95th anniversary of the China People's Liberation Army. Well, perfect timing. Nancy Pelosi is going to start World War III. So, dude, a lot of analysts are like, dude, China's messing around about Taiwan just about as much as Putin's messing around with Ukraine. In other words, they're not messing around. 
the PLA posted a message, get ready for war, had 300,000 likes, creating high morale among Chinese soldiers, according to the Global Times. Did I say Global News? GlobalTimes.cn, two-word post, get ready, we're getting ready for war. But in China, it's a two, you know, a little two-character thing. So, the major pundit on the Chinese Communist Party's Western Hemisphere English Language State Affiliate Media outlet, Hu Jijin, I think, Jijin, Hu Jijin, says if U.S. fighter jets escort Nancy Pelosi's plane into Taiwan, it is an invasion. The PLA has the right to forcibly dispel Pelosi's plane and the U.S. fighter jets, including firing warning shots and making tactical movement of obstruction. If ineffective, then shoot them down. So she's supposed to leave today. They have issued six different warnings. So there's no way people are like, there's no way the United States can simultaneously confront superpowers like Russia and China on two major fronts. Because if you haven't noticed, the Ukraine situation is not going so good for the Ukrainians. If it was, you'd be hearing about it. It's going bad. So, and then and then Putin's shut off the gas. I mean, that's a whole other... Whole other can of worms we're going to get into here in a second. Uh, Hanover, we'll, we'll get into it now real quick. Hanover, a city in northwest Germany, first major metro area in Germany to reduce the use of natural gas by removing hot water from public buildings. They are telling people across Germany, get ready because your electricity bill is going to go through the roof. Again, the, old, the natural gas is down to 20% of its 100% capacity. It was 40 they, don't, they do not know if they're going to have enough gas to get through the winter. They've already banned... Okay, what are they doing? What, what else are they doing here? Turning off public drinking fountains. Blacking out nighttime lights in major business, uh, buildings like town hall and museums. So the mayor of Hanover has also enacted a ban on portable air conditioners, heaters, and radiators. So, dude, it, this is this is going to happen across Europe. So Pelosi's trip, I just I I just try keep trying to. Unless she wants to antagonize, that's that's the only thing they're having their ninety fifth anniversary. Like, why would you even antagonize them, or wouldn't you reach out and just? She's not. Like, and Biden's saying, I don't want you to go, and she's like, I want to go. So she's officially going to Japan, South Korea, Malaysia, and Singapore. Taiwan's listed on the itinerary, itinerary as tentative. China's monitoring that plane as soon as it leaves on flightaware.com. It's not hard. Maybe not flightaware.com. Maybe it's, it's, it's a military thing. So it would be the first House Speaker trip since Newt Gingrich in 1997. But they're saying the military's response is going to be serious. So what's going to happen? I just think it's 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 just stupid. There's no reason for it to go over um, and stop there and antagonize China. There's just no reason. Um, It doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it really doesn't. She's the worst. I mean, I imagine it's something they passed the uh, semiconductor uh, bill. So her husband made out like a bandit, right? Didn't he buy a ton of stock again? I mean, you can't even make that up. And she's going over there now. So there's they, they just... Uh, it's going to be crazy. So... Thinking about just idiotic decisions and having to pay pay for it. And I guarantee, I don't even know if I, I, I guarantee this yet, but Urban Alchemy, the area down the arch, like stabbing, shootings, murders, uh, 
you name it, it's going to go up. Mark my words. Put it down. So you're tuning in the Teddy Roosevelt Show, now available on iHeartRadio in addition to Spotify. That's how I listen. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's on Substack. Most people listen on Substack. At 50% of the of the streams. Tune in radio. It's available. If there's anywhere it's not on. Like I said, Final Frontier. Did I mention? I gotta I gotta turn these into YouTube videos. It won't be that hard. I just gotta get my get my process down. So remember Portland tore down uh statues, burned their city to the ground, they were attacking the federal court building. Well, due to ongoing weed shop robberies and plummeting sales, the Portland City Council has just had to grant another half million dollars for the Cannabis Emergency Relief Fund. Why? Because they've had 200 weed shop burglaries in the last year or two. That money is for store repairs from break-ins, vandalism, trauma counseling for the patients or for the employees when they get thrown to the ground and zip-tied with a gun put into their head saying, where's all the money at? So yeah, great job. There's not enough police. No no one in their right mind would ever apply there. It's the same thing like uh, Seattle, same thing as Minneapolis. So it's just ridiculous. Uh, one Austin City Council item I feel like I need to mention because I have the like 55 tabs open. Walker, Texas Ranger, got that check, by the way. He laughed his ass off when he got that check. Um, the bike map, the bikes, Metro Bike gets $14.7 bucks. There's a map. Dude, I looked at the map. There's only maybe f- uh, 50 stations. 50 stations right now with anywhere between 4 and 11 bikes at each station. They could have bought 78,000 bikes. Instead, they're going to lease a couple hundred. Because if you look right there, there's only a couple hundred. Are you kidding me? They could have bought 78,000 bikes at 200 bucks a bike. They could have bought a ton of money. So, or bought, so, never forget, eight people in Austin, two lazy city council members, they voted to let the inmates run the asylum. Ridiculous. So, this offshore wind stuff I talked about a little bit yesterday. Folks, it is the most ridiculous situation ever. So, Again, Gulf of Mexico, literally right in the path of the 1900 Galveston storm, which literally devastated every single building, got destroyed or damaged. Either one, they estimate 8,000 people died. There was only 38,000 people in the town. So 8,000 of them died, another 10,000 were homeless because their place got destroyed. So Galveston was a hip international port, and that ended everything. Everything was underwater. So now, right where that storm, right in the path of that storm uh, 122 years ago, the Department of the Interior just announced they want to accept comments, public comments, for two wind energy areas. And this this episode is dedicated to my friend Becky right now, who is sending photos up on Twitter. At your minute is up, I think is, is, is what her Twitter, Twitter handle is. But she's on the coast of Maine. They want to put these offshore wind farms from Maine to North Carolina. They want to put it off the coast of Rhode Island, New York, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, you name it. These highly obnoxious giant fan blades out in the ocean. So think about this. They're all connected with huge undersea cables that they have to dig like a trench up to 30 feet deep. I just found out the electricity from those cables and then sending it back to the to the sea raises the surrounding temperature 20-some degrees. Whatever it was Celsius, it's 68 degrees Fahrenheit. It raises it. Not raises it to 68 degrees. It heats it up 68 degrees 
So there's all kinds of problems. You put one of those in the middle of the ocean, it turns into an artificial reef. There's, there's positive and negative impacts from that, but one of the huge negative ones is the little tiny lobsters go there to feed on the plankton or all the stuff that's surrounding that and the black bass eats baby turtle or lobsters like they're going out of style like all day long so it will do crazy things to the population oh the electromagnetic waves to just think of aquaman think of whales they use sonar bats and birds we haven't even be scratched the surface of understanding how their sonar works or a hummingbird so this whole thing, the construction of wind, so they want to do two, two, um, two new ones, Gulf of Mexico. And keep in mind, the East Coast, the Atlantic uh, wind is way stronger than the Gulf of Mexico. Gulf of Mexico is like a breeze. So in the name of climate change, 24 nautical miles off the coast of Galveston, uh, the Texas one would be 546,000 acres. The other one, 56 nautical miles off the coast of Lake Charles, Louisiana, would be 188,000. So combined, 750, we're talking three quarters of a million acres. It's insane. You know who hates this? Fishermen. You know how much fishing goes on in the Gulf of Mexico? A ton. You know how much of America's shrimp comes from this? Area, 70% of America's shrimp. Louisiana has like 11,000 small-time boaters. You know, they get this shrimp, they put a giant net and they trawl for it. Um, right now, they're trying to build one in Rhode Island. Do you know Rhode Island's uh, number one industry for fish is squid? For whatever reason, Rhode Island has a ton of squid, just like Massachusetts has a ton of clams and each and lobster like each Maine has a ton of lobster boston massachusetts has a ton of clams for whatever reason rhode island has a ton of squid and they're just saying with these new wind farms it's gonna totally mess up their migration patterns and 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 and, and the worst thing is the cables and all the stuff that they have under the ocean it tears their nets so they if they tear their net it's like thousands of dollars to fix and they're out of action for four days. So he goes, you can think of like a fishing net as like a kite. And right now it's like we're trying to put the kite. So he goes, have you ever sailed a kite in the forest? He goes, that's what it's like trying to catch squid in a wind offshore wind farm in the middle of the ocean. It's like trying to fly a kite in the forest. So... What's that going to do to the squid industry? He's like, I can't afford to keep buying new nets or fixing, paying to repair the nets and then being out for four days. So and, and it takes like a magic touch. So what is that going to do when 70% of the shrimp in the U.S. is farmed off the coasts of Louisiana and Texas and they want to put these huge... The thing is, yeah, like in Europe and stuff, they just have a... No trawling, no fishing. You can go in there with a little, uh, you know, a personal recreational fishing rod. That's it. If you go out there with a net or whatever, it's going to get tangled. They don't want the liability of you crashing into the base of it. So, and then it just, dude, there's a constant hum from the cable. It increases the temperature in the soil and the seabed by 68 degrees or yeah, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Imagine those cables going 24 miles from from Galveston and then it comes up. You know, and then and then 56 miles off Lake Charles. So, there is a bureau dedicated to this called the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, the most fraudulent government agency I've ever heard of. So their whole thing again, Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, BOEM. I think I'm going to have to call them BOEM. Because it's just such a pain in the ass to say all four of those words. Actually, five. So their whole thing is, they'll outline, oh my god, here's all the horrible things. 
and they'll just they'll greenwash it. They'll they'll greenwash it and just say, "How about the effects of electromagnetic fields, EMFs, and heat from the cables?" They're like, "Well, cables will be buried beneath the seafloor and wrapped in a sheath that eliminates direct electric fields and reduces magnets, and then it decays quickly with distance from the cable." And then, but then, then it admits current research suggests some species, such as skates, sharks, and lobster, are sensitive to EMF. Detrimental effects to populations are not expected. So it says buried cable will generate sufficient heat to raise the temperature of the surrounding sediments by as much as twenty degrees Celsius. That's sixty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. It says as much as twenty degrees above ambient temperatures within two feet of the cable. So they're literally saying it's going to raise the temperature 68 degrees within two feet of the cable. That's going to cause all kinds of crazy stuff to happen. If it's naturally super warm during the winter along this, it's it's going to cause crazy things to happen. And we're talking about a very fragile ecosystem. I mean, even on their website, it's boem.gov. This is under the U.S. Department of Interior, the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. They've got studies for the last five years. The acoustics are horrible um, in a marine environment. I mean, think about it. They got a, the construction alone. They are pile driving these huge, you know, metal steel um, girders that have to hold this. It, it's a 5,000 ton uh, wind turbine, all the equipment. So imagine the pile driving 30 feet down or 80 feet down. The fish hate it. How about all the back and forth trips? So they do helicopter. That's great for the birds too. Helicopter and regular boat. And they live out there. Oh, guess what? Should we go into the oil? The amount of oil? that these things uh, take to run. I mean, when you add it all up, this is the worst thing for the environment. I mean, the whole just idea, it is the ultimate and it's selfish. It's, you know, who's pushing it is people who are brainwashed and they firmly believe that the earth's going to melt and they're not going to make it. And so they're cool with killing all these fish. I mean, when you're laying that cable, just all of the debris that you are, uh, that you're tearing up. It's insane what it does to the quality of the water. Oh, there's chemicals. Hey, you got to spray these turbines with chemicals because they're going to get eroded by all the salt water and the rain. So they have to go around with helicopters and spray them with like de-icer in the middle. There are hundreds of studies that they've done about migratory birds, uh, the fish, the marine mammals, the turtles, uh, what it does to the seabed, large whales. It's a nightmare. I know, and, and they will just try and watch it, wash it from, from every different angle. I mean, the, on the shore, so they have to build a giant port facility to even get all this equipment out there and they're shipping people two weeks on two weeks off i mean they literally build like it's an oil rig they build living quarters out there so you do two weeks living out there so you got to ship all the food all the supplies oh but did i mention there's an air conditioning unit in the turbine gee i wonder if that's powered by wind or electric so no it's electric like dude it's got petroleum in there everywhere for all the gear parts how do you think the gear parts stay nice and lubricated? Oil. It's like, I think they, they said like each wind turbine over a short ass 15 year lifespan uses like 40,000 gallons of freaking oil. Are you kidding me? So all the diesel to, to get all the stuff out there, the constant operation, the maintenance and Biden sitting here touting offshore winds. He's like, oh, it's going to create more good jobs. These are good. Dude, this is the worst job ever. This is the most dangerous job ever. Like, you literally might die. If you if you make one mistake, you're going to die. But you're literally... I'm going to make a video on this this weekend. Repelling down 
the I mean, you're 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 pile driving to create them. You're rappelling down the blades after they're, you know, at, just just to do uh, maintenance. It's one of the hardest jobs you'll ever see. It takes two people just to land the boat. So the fishermen. Oh my God, the fishermen hate this so much. I mean, the the sh the shrimp people. Um, it's gonna decimate the shrimp industry. There, you know, the Southern Shrimp Foundation. They're like, dude, this is gonna totally change everything. So there was a five part series. Uh, in on nola.com. It's New Orleans. So, and they were just interviewing all these people in Rhode Island about their squid. Rhode Island uh, takes in 22 million pounds of squid and almost all that comes through the harbor at Point Judith. They make half their money catching squid between July and October right now. So they built the first wind farm, Block Island, talked about it yesterday, 14 miles south. In 2016, now a much larger one they're going to start building called Vineyard Wind, 40 miles to the east. And by the end of the decade, there's going to be some 2,000 turbines from Massachusetts to North Carolina. That's Joe Biden's goal. 2,000 of these ugly-ass turbines to produce a pittance, 30,000 megawatts of offshore wind by 2030. So these fishermen, they're just like, we're getting crushed because there's so much money to be made. so And it was a New Orleans paper, so they talk about, hey, this is coming to the Gulf of Mexico. The Gulf is the source of 70% of the country's shrimp, 200 million pounds, most of it in the waters off Louisiana and Texas, right where they want to put these giant wind turbines. So, East Coast has faster wind. That's the whole thing. This is... This is just created a, a, a total cluster. Um, snag hazards. The just the, the, the sections they promised they were gonna bury the cable under the seabed, but they didn't. The Danish energy company Orsted that owns it. So they put blocks and masks mats down, but these people are going out there with like three or four person crews. So you rip your net, it's 10,000 bucks in four days off. So now they want to build 62 wind turbines off Martha's Vineyard, 65,000 acres. And the thing about this being a pain in the ass is they just spread them out, bam, bam, bam. So you got to try and slalom through these turbines. Even if they're installed a mile apart, it's a pain in the balls if you're trawling for squid. The second phase is going to put 59 turbines. So that's going to cover five times as much ocean. And to give you an idea, again, they turn into artificial reefs. So you got mussels and other creatures living on the wind turbine thing that's under the sea. You know, like the girding. So what happens when that happens is black sea bass... A voracious eater of lobsters, baby lobsters, they come to town. They're like vacuum cleaners. They suck them all up. And bam, no lobster for Maine. So there are also a ton of brand new Joe Biden federal fishing restrictions aimed at saving the critical endangered, critically endangered North Atlantic right whale. Hey, there's only 400 whales left, so you can't fish here. We might die because we don't have enough protein from the sea. So they closed off huge parts of the ocean for the whale, to save the whale. And now they're going to have huge acres, 65,000 acres and 150 more turbines. And these people are already having a pain in the ass. It's a pain in the ass with six. So this is all, this is the number one thing that they catch in Rhode Island, squid. And what they do is they just sort of gaslight the fishermen. Hey, we're really concerned about the marine life. We want to work hand-in-hand -hand with the fishermen and make sure everyone's getting the, a win-win situation. The fishermen put in hundreds of hours of work. They hire consultants. They're like, 
here's the way we think we can both coexist. And then the wind farms go, ah, we're just going to dismiss it. We're just going to do it how we want it. Go screw yourself. So whenever you see the U.S. Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, they're totally compromised. I guarantee all the people did work for wind farms or they will work for one one day in the very near future after they do deals. So they were even asking, hey, can we have a four-mile-wide transit lane through the wind farm? That's what uh, the, they, they used to offer. Hey, give them a four-mile-wide transit lane so these boats can pass. Nope. They said, nope, they don't have to do it anymore. Now it's one mile. Too narrow for fishing, too narrow for search and rescue. Sorry to take some water there. Um, it's ridiculous. The federal government's charging Vineyard Wind $3 an acre and no royalties from the energy production. They're all so quick to virtue signal. And this is, again, for hardly any... Electricity at all, hardly any power at all. You're talking like tens of thousands of homes. The one in Texas, the 500,000 acre, you're talking 2 million homes. But you're talking about how many millions of people are going to be put into poverty because they, or how many people who just enjoy eating fish, shrimp, how many people in the fish industry are not going to be able to do it because they can't afford to spend a million dollars in new nets. But if that happens every once in, once every three days... At 10000 bucks a pop, and you're out for four days, you're out a million dollars in net damage, plus all the time that you're not able to go out there and catch fish. So you can't do that. You're losing money. So right now, there's 3,500 offshore oil and gas structures in the Gulf, 27,000 miles of underwater pipeline. So it's not like there's no pipeline, but the fish are, you know, the fishermen are like, well, those are buried. We've been dealing with the platforms with the oil thing all the time. The wind farms are a whole new ball game because it blocks off the whole like giant section. It's a no-go zone. You and and if you go north around it, you can't cut across it. So the Southern Shrimp Alliance, they said, we don't want wind energy leases anywhere where shrimp activity happens. So they said between Port Isabel, Texas to Gulf Shores, Alabama, and the entire Louisiana coast, 100 miles off the coast, they don't want any wind farms there. Well, Joe Biden's plan puts its smack rate dab in the middle of where they don't want it. 50 miles from Louisiana, 24 miles from Texas. So I th I'm going to do a major, major, like three or 4,000 word story on this this weekend. This is the only thing. I could write a book. It might be the first chapter of my new book. Offshore Wind Energy, the biggest fucking scam in the history of the Green New Nightmare. What an awesome idea. I told you we're going to dedicate July 2022 to exposing the Green New Nightmare Little did we know Joe Biden was going to, well, he had an executive order. Hey, we want to do this, but then, uh, you know, pass a bill with the inflation, you know, under the guise of the Inflation Fixing Act. And then he just jacks up the cost of living for everybody. Oh, you get a rebate for electric car. It's, it's, it's clown, it's clown town. It's really clown town. Just be careful. Uh, be very prudent with your purchases. You know, it's a great purchase. A Kindle. Get a used Kindle off offer up. Load that bad boy with books. Books always pay. Pay back like capital interest. You can always find something interesting in a book, inspiring in a book. So I encourage you to read more. It's my Teddy's advice. But who would have thought July 2022 at the beginning it would we go down this road? Had a big blockbuster Austin story for you last last Saturday. I'm just sick of deal of covering these clowns, to be quite honest. I feel like I need to move closer to the beach, maybe go to Florida, and so I can be closer to research the ocean and be closer to the fish, shrimp, scallops, sea turtles, and other marine life that I'm going to be defending because they don't have a voice. 
These fish do not have a voice, and Teddy is going to fight for the ocean creatures and all the birds, the 2.1 billion birds that are making the trip across the, uh, the, the Gulf of Mexico, and then they see a wind turbine. They stop to catch their breath when they were just, you know, through evolution, they were meant to take that whole voyage and... As soon as they saw the shoreline, it would have been the most triumphant moment of their lives. Instead, they're going to be like, oh, maybe we're supposed to rest on one of these uh, couple hundred wind turbines. And then they take off again, and then they just get pooped out before they hit the coast. And they're dead. So there has never been a wind turbine blade built that has been proven to withstand a Category uh, 4 or 5. Storm. The 1900 storm in Galveston was a Category 4 storm. So they said during that storm, it was so fat, like bricks were flying through the air. You know, pieces of slate were flying through the air like giant heavy objects. So imagine a flying wind turbine propeller blade flying through the air with a head start 24 miles off the coast of Texas flying through town. Or just like floating in. So I guarantee when they build this thing, you're going to have dozens of dead birds, if not hundreds of dead birds, the carcasses floating in the ocean or just washing up on the shore nonstop. It's going to be disgusting. What would that do to the, uh, what if the carcasses were, you know, went to Corpus Christi? There's Mustang Beach and Port Aransas there. They have a big beach tourism system uh scene down there what if like dead seagulls just became like a whole part of the thing like the gulf of mexico beaches texas beaches are gross like there's syringes floating up there there's oil covered birds i go down there just because i love the ocean but out of all the beaches i've been to in america i mean it's probably the grossest it's probably the grossest i mean mississippi's and alabama gross like Golf, golf Shores, Biloxi Beach, freaking gross. It's just, you can feel the oil in your feet. So I, here's the deal. I'm not saying oil's the, well, oil is the best right now. You know what's the best right now? Coal. You know how many years we have of coal available? 500 years of coal. You know how quick we could reduce our cost of energy and just not stress about it? Let's start burning some coal as we figure out better ideas we got to go back to the drawing board this offshore wind thing is a total scam it's a disaster it is going to cause starvation they're trying to solve a problem by making the climate worse they're trying to make the climate better by there's no question it's it that is having a direct measurable immediate impact on the seabed, on the birds, on the bats. Do you know bats are 170 miles off the coast or kilometers? Dude, bats go out there really far. I didn't realize that. So you're talking dead birds, dead bats, all kinds of weird stuff happening like the uh, black sea bass and the lobster analogy, the phytoplankton. Trust me, I, I, I'm going to have more on this, but I'm really uh, happy that we got to end. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to have one. I want to hit 20 before August. 20 podcasts. I don't know if I'm going to spin off the Austin, Texas Times podcast. I don't even know if I'm going to keep the website up. I might just shut it down. Austin's just... It's far gone. It's too far gone. I'm outnumbered here by idiots. Um, it's up to the moderate Democrats in this town. I mean, there's the traditional progressive liberals, which I like to think, and, the, and and I don't know if they're naive about the radical Marxists who are down on the Austin City Council, but I mean, Allison Alder, Mayor Pro Tem, she went to Stanford. Steve Adler went to Princeton. These are coastal liberal elites who moved to Austin. One of them's from Minnesota, too. A lot of them aren't born and raised in Austin. They don't care. They don't know. They're all about virtue signaling on a national level to their peers, and so it's like with Project Connect, people are bitching like, oh my God, my rent just went up 25% now I have to move to Waco or Fayetteville or Colleen or wherever. How did you vote for Project Connect, yes or no, that proposition? Because if you voted yes, you basically self-punished yourself 
with a 25% rent increase. Oh, and then who could have predicted all these people moved to Austin? So then the value of the home. So whether you're your property taxes, whether you're living in your own home or whether you were renting, your cost of living through Prop Project Connect, which people on both sides of the fence were saying, this is going to happen. And this, this, but it's, it's, we haven't even done the studies to see if it's feasible. They've already changed the length of the tunnel. The tunnel's going to be way longer. From 7 billion to 10 or 12 billion, it's going to be 40 or 50 billion bucks. I guarantee it. I bet a shovel doesn't hit the ground until 2028. Oh, and I was down in downtown Austin. There was five cranes. It was just dusty as shit because of all the construction, like deep, heavy digging into the earth construction. What do you think downtown is going to happen to downtown Austin? They think there's a divide right now with I-35. What's going to happen when you dig up freaking Congress and all down there to build this underground plaza? Like, what's that going to do with the noise and the dust? They're building all these high-rises for people who are going to get a front-seat view of the biggest boondoggle construction project in the history of Texas. That's what you get. Come on up. Step right up. You will get all your shit is going to be covered in dust every day. You're probably going to have allergies from all the dust rising from the ground below as they dig into the ground, making huge sounds with pile drivers. It's going to be like constructing an offshore wind farm right underneath your your thing. I mean, dude, you're talking about years and years of construction. If you're running a place down there, it would be such a royal pain in the balls. Listen to construction nonstop all day long. And the debris and the dust, the danger. I mean, it is going to be a cluster. No business is going to survive that. No one's going to want to go down and try and deal with that nightmare I mean, it is total clown world, especially after what the businesses had to go through two years ago. So, again, they create problems like Portland, like, let's defund the police. Oh, now we have to spend a million bucks on uh, trauma counseling for the 200 uh, weed stores and their employees who got traumatized when they got robbed because there's no cops around. Joe Biden's like, here's how we're going to fix inflation. Let's spend... uh, you know, $600 billion on offshore wind turbines from Maine to North Carolina, all over Texas, all over Louisiana, and destroy the shrimp industry. It's literally like a great reset acceleration plan. Hey, let's put totally worthless wind energy that has a lifespan of 15 to 20 years, so we got to replace all this shit. We'll screw with the lobsters, the squid, the shrimp, squid in Rhode Island, lobster in Maine, The clams in Massachusetts will screw with everything with EMF signals and just heavy machinery and all these species we pretend that we're going to care about. The funniest thing is the environmentalists pushing with it. That's the most ironic thing of the whole whole thing. And it's the more people, I don't think people even realize what this involves. And my objective, this is a macro goal. For Teddy, this is a six-month goal where I want to raise the awareness of how bad and how crappy. I might have to make like an hour-long documentary on YouTube about how crappy. I have about an hour of footage, seriously. I've been talking about doing videos on this show, I think, since the first one. But I have some time this weekend, and I think I'm going to do it because I'm really passionate about... There's nothing that gets me more fired up than, than stupid ideas. And this is like the defund the police of the climate. Like, I have no uh, no doubt in my mind that it's just going to be awful all around. And it's a total eyesore, too. And it sounds like crap. It's that constant... So they're trying to put it way out there. One of the reasons they want to put it way out there is so we don't see all the stuff that dies. We don't see the whole negative impact. Because it, 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 it it's going to be devastating. Just It's going to take years to build. The port... And then they've got to pile drive this stuff into the ocean bed. And again, they've done studies and all of them are like, well, it's too, if, if the Bureau of Ocean Sea, the BOEM people did it, they're like, well, it's too tough uh, right now with this data to project what's going to happen. If they said that, it's negative and they just don't want to put it down there because they lay out the perfect case with all the research to not do this. 
then they're like, well, the climate's going to melt by 20. If we don't, you know, the Biden administration wants to reduce carbon emissions by this time. So you and you just have these NPCs who are like, well, I like I like looking at it. It looks cool. I think it looks really futuristic out there. And it gives me a warm glow inside that it's generating clean energy and it's not an oil rig out there. So mentioning nothing about all the dead fish and birds. And they interviewed the one guy who's like, I don't think a single bird has even been killed out there. Oh, really? Not a single bird has been killed by one of the five-block island wind turbines. Not one, huh? Yeah, there's like 250,000 to 500,000 in the United States from the offshore ones. That's 75,000. But these haven't killed a single bird. Yeah, right. So that's going to be the funniest, is having these people who claim to care about the environment and the climate, trying to defend this idea, which is awful for the environment, awful for the ocean, awful for humans, because it's a chain reaction. It's like the butterfly effect, when a butterfly flaps its wings and then all kinds of stuff happens. If you've seen that Simpsons episode and everyone's got like four arms, it's going to be like this where, okay, well, if the black bass eat all the baby lobster, but the baby lobster are responsible for eating all this stuff on the ocean floor and those are allowed to propagate, well, that prevents that from doing that. Or if all the mussels get this much, um, or how about the, the freaking undersea cable putting out the 68 degree temperature change from whatever the ambient temperature change. So it's cold, colder at the bottom of the ocean. It, it, it's stratified. The warmer water, have you ever done that when you're swimming and you go under the stratification water and it's cooler underneath? That's how water, it's a cooler, saltier water. The lower you go, there's two levels and the, and the, and the less salty, warm water goes to the top. So what happens when a cable that's heating up the ground 68 degrees is going on down there? I mean, you could have non-native species all of a sudden propagating and flourishing because they're all chilling out underneath, you know, all along this 26-mile cable, which has raised the temperature. Maybe they're allowed to, uh, maybe they can propagate more. So... Who knows? Maybe they take over the whole bottom of the ocean and totally wreck the food chain. So all it takes is one all it takes is one thing of the food chain with a phytoplankton, with everything, and there are concrete examples of bad things happening all over. Or the fishing fishing industry just ended. Or just put them out of business. It is a Klaus Schwab dream come true. You will eat bugs instead of shrimp. You will eat insects instead of uh, squid. You're talking about a huge number. Biden's talking about creating jobs. Yeah, the hardest jobs in the world. It's like oil roughneck, but you're up in the air fixing a turbine. Trying to park that thing. 26 miles. Think of all the diesel going back and forth with supplies. And every two weeks, you got to switch people out. I mean, dude, when you add up all the oil, 40,000 gallons of oil for the, for the housing unit. I mean, when you put it all together, it is a net negative all around for the climate. And you got to replace them every 15 to 20 years. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And all it takes is one little modification to the fragile marine life ecosystem and the birds before. I mean, they did studies that the one cable prevented 10% of the salmon in San Francisco Bay from going the right way. They all went over to the Bay Bridge. Who knows why? The sonar thing, it's weird, like in front and back of the turbine. It changes the sonar, so when a dolphin shoots out, the turbine's totally messing with that. And there's a 68 degree temperature change at the bottom of the ocean. That's gotta be weird. Maybe they'll go down and investigate and get eaten by some predators who figured it out. Who knows? It's the worst idea ever. Um, COVID. I mean, the COVID thing, do you see in LA, they wanted to put the mask thing back and everyone's just, the the public health said, we want to put the mask thing back. All the mayors are like, "We're we're not doing this again. All the people went out. I read in the LA Times they went out. There's only... 
10% of the people in LA and California wearing a mask at the mall. So everyone's done with it. They're trying to make this monkeypox thing a big thing. Dude, no one's worried about that unless you're like gay and going to an orgy or a rave and having unprotected anonymous relations with people. So, folks, I think we're going to wrap it up here. That's episode 19 of the Teddy Bros Vote Show on a Friday evening, July 29th. Listen to all the episodes on Substack, teddybrosvelt.com.substack.com. Let me say it again, I sort of stutter. Teddybrosvelt.substack.com. We're streaming everywhere Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio. Um, I will be back. I wanted to get 20 episodes in the can before August, so I'll be back later tonight or tomorrow. Later tonight. I could do one later tonight or tomorrow. Y'all have a great night. Thanks for listening. Bye.